I'm Molly Anders, and you are listening to Dig Deeper, a deep dive into the psychological explanations of social experiences, everyday struggles, and philosophical perspectives. (laughs) Every week, we'll be taking a different topic that interests us and making some effort to explain it. Like, everyday, like, weird situations, weird behaviors, we just want to know more. (laughs) Okay, so today we're going to be talking about physical attraction, uh, why it matters, how much it matters, and all the social pressures that influence our opinions. Uh, But before we get started, um, let's talk about why we're making this podcast. Molly? Oh. Well, I feel like a lot of everyday experiences, everyone will go through them, but everyone feels alone in those experiences. I think it's just really interesting to um, share that so people know they're not alone, but also understand why that happens and the psychology of why that happens. Yeah, I totally agree. It would just be so nice if we could all be honest with each other in our (laughs) interactions. Also, for me, maybe it's about wanting to feel like closer to other people and ask them those kind of weird intrusive questions under the context of like hey we're making a podcast um (laughs) we have an excuse to to dig dig deeper (laughs) (laughs) i wanted to play with him and i tried to force myself to play with him and he just didn't want to play with me yeah we just started texting and like never really talked it was really weird card and I felt nervous. We used to play in the sensory table together. So to help us with some of our unanswered questions, we talked to a professor here at the University of Washington. Um, Her name is Tabitha and she has some really good insight on the psychology of attraction. Hi, this is Tabitha Kirkland. Hi, this is Molly Anders. Hey, Molly. So I'm here with uh, Ella Torrance. Hi. Hi. And we just have some questions to ask you, if that's okay. Yeah. Okay, so um, just for, like, starters, like a basis, um, could you explain, like, why people are attracted to certain people and not others? Explain, like, physical types. Yeah, well, I think that there are some principles that make people sort of universally attractive or unattractive. So these are like evolutionary principles, like you're, you know, having spatial symmetry, things like that, use in the face and so forth. But your question is interesting about having different types. And I don't think that this is so much uh, of a biological thing as I think it is sort of learned preferences through uh, the experiences that we have in our environment could be our upbringing, this could be the kinds of people we tend to surround ourselves with in middle school and high school and so forth. It's also probably a a bit of an effect where people are more likely to date people who they think are similar to them or who look like them, people who are from the same social group. And this is just kind of an in-group bias, the tendency to like people who are more like us. Yeah, it's blonde females. I'm open to anything, but that gets the most tender swipe. I mean... If you're really nice, then it's it's all good. I don't really have a type. At first, I definitely was obsessed with a certain look that was just ingrained in me. The blonde douchebag surfer boys, you know, coming from LA. 
Um, another big principle of attraction is just similarity. And so while this usually is about similarity in terms of values and um, preferences and hobbies and so forth, this also could be extended to physical similarity, which can kind of explain like a matching idea. Um, like you might notice that people who are around similar levels of physical attractiveness tend to be uh, attracted to each other. They tend to match with each other. Um, and this doesn't necessarily extend just to objective attractiveness. Sometimes you see people who are kind of mismatched, where you're like, why is that one person who's way more attractive with that other person? And it could be because of you know the the people who are in that relationship, what their own interpretation is of their own attractiveness, and what kind of partner they can draw. So Molly, do you feel like you're attracted to people that are similar than you? Yeah, absolutely. I feel like a really important part of my life is music and the arts. And if I see someone who is 100% only into sports, they don't appreciate music like I do, it's really hard for me to find common ground with them because most of our conversations would be really <laughs> uninteresting for one of those people. <laughs> right. I feel like it takes a level of similarity for me to feel connected to someone. So is there anything along those lines about like social influence, how beauty standards have changed over time? I mean, absolutely. There's a huge influence uh, both within cultures and of course across time of what body types or features are really highly valued. Within the U.S., there's been a sort of shift over time from the 50s pinup girls who are very voluptuous and curvy to in the sort of early 2000s, this real focus on people being thick, skinny, and then more recently, kind of more welcoming of a greater variety of body types and more acceptance of a greater variety of body types. I feel like it's really interesting when you talk about beauty standards today and like typical levels of attractiveness because it has so much to do with perceived health. We have this kind of, oh, people with really big boobs or butts are more attractive because they have better like reproductive health. Or there's this idea that skinnier people are healthier and maybe like that's changed over time to be more accepting recently because we have a little bit more knowledge about the way that people's bodies just like look differently and it's not always a perfect representation of physical health yeah that's really interesting or you think about how in the old in the olden times yeah in the olden times like being thicker was deemed more attractive because it showed that you had wealth and it right. showed that you were able to like eat a lot of food and now i think that like it's being like skinnier is more attractive because manipulation from the media and like models and magazines being like this is the ideal body type well right but maybe that could have to do with wealth too because um if you think about the type of food that generally oh. causes you to be healthier that's all i don't know the organic food or like more the really expensive pro like it's yeah. all more expensive whereas you can get whatever a burger from mcdonald's for like a dollar and generally like those are the type of foods that do make you more overweight yeah, so with economics... Yeah, like, maybe it is still about love. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's interesting. So, 
less in terms of looks and more in terms of personalities is there anything that makes people compatible well i think that there are some features of personality that are pretty widely regarded as attractive regardless of who you are these include being things like um, being really uh, open and approachable being kind uh, being funny um, honesty and loyalty are really highly valued traits in in uh, most people uh, kind of regardless of what your type is um, and so there are some of these kinds of things there also is this sort of similarity thing where if you feel like you are similar to someone you're more likely to have an easy time getting along with them we're likely to have conversation that feels like it flows really naturally kind of have that rapport that chemistry you know that uh, is sort of elusive and hard to define um, but it often comes when there's sort of a thinking up and similarity um, and yeah, as far as other personality characteristics, you know, it, it's not the case if you think about like these big series of personality and, and the big five personality traits. Um, not necessarily the case that any one of those is more attractive over another. There tends to be more of like this similarity matching thing. Um, for example, someone who is um, really outgoing isn't necessarily going to be attractive to someone who is really shy. Um, they're there, there does, there can be that kind of match up sometimes, but people tend to be drawn more so to people who they feel like are kind of similar to them. When I do like someone, like what I'm attracted to is how they present themselves. Confidence is a big thing for me. It's just sexy if a guy or a girl is very confident. Like the way they hold themselves in conversations. And I very much like people who make me feel happy and like a better version of myself. I like people who have gone through things in their life. People who have layers are complicated. Actually caring about the people around you and being like aware. So I heard you say something about chemistry and I feel like chemistry is something you see a lot in right. movies <laughs> and um, like very like romanticized situations. So, like, in real-life circumstances, would you say, like, chemistry is a real thing? Yeah, and what is it? <laughs> I mean, yeah. <laughs> I would say it's a thing. I mean, it's one of those things, like a lot of concepts in psychology, that's hard to study. Um, but part of chemistry comes from rapport, right? Like, having an easy conversation with someone, feeling like um, the other person understands what you're saying and that... Um, have to work to find the words for what you want to talk about right. um, there's no awkwardness on either side and so um, you know part of that comes from the similarity piece I mentioned part of it too comes from some nonverbal cues like it turns out that our tendency to mimic others in conversations happens more when we feel like we're getting along um, but that relationship actually goes both ways so if you mimic someone in conversation they will like you more uh, and want to talk to you more. And this is just, when I say mimicry, I mean very subtle, nonverbal things, like touching your face or leaning forward or crossing your legs, things like that. These sort of subtle ways that we can mirror others provide the nonverbal cue that we are on the same wavelength as them. Um, and then from a biological standpoint, you know, all of the chemistry stuff is facilitated by neuro neurochemicals like oxytocin and serotonin. Uh, that these kind of flood into our bodies when we're making that connection with someone. So there is a very real chemistry piece there. I feel like that totally goes along with concepts of flirting. Yeah, absolutely. I have some issues with flirting, personally, <laughs> because I 
I value kindness a lot. So I try to be nice to everybody, but sometimes people get the wrong idea and like mistake like my like niceness for like flirting and then they get mad because they think I'm like leading them on. So I've had this like really big dilemma about what what is flirting versus like what is just being like a decent person. Right. And that's like a tricky one. And I think like same for me, like with other people, like someone will be really nice to me and then I'll just be like, they're in love with me. Right, right. And then like obviously not like they're just being a decent human. Or sometimes I like mistake people's like mean flirtiness because like a lot of times people like make fun of you to be like flirty. Yeah. But then I actually like mistake that for them being like mean to me. (laughs) Yeah. So what maybe if we could just like come up with a universal definition for flirting that everyone could use for now on just to be like more clear. Just to make it clear. Absolutely. My flirting is kind of just eye contact. (laughs) frequent little giggles like like, uh, oh but I just do that like all the time like I'm just doing that now I'm just gonna stare you like I make eye contact with everybody that's so true and that's my point (laughs) well so maybe this is something we'll need to figure out absolutely kind of related to that there's some good work by researcher Barbara Fredrickson um that suggests that when we are able to experience a moment of face-to-face connection with someone, that we actually come into a biological synchrony with them, where our heart rates match up, our breathing matches up, you put an EEG cap on them, their brain wavelengths are matching up too, and we really come into this moment of being in sync or literally on the same wavelength with someone else. Um, and it's something that that actually any human can accomplish with any other human if they are both just present with each other and engaged in conversation. That's such a cool concept. Makes me feel very happy inside uh, to think about that sort of psychological connection, being on the same wavelength as someone. Isn't that, isn't that what we all want? <laughs> So to end this episode, I just wanted to thank Professor Tabitha Kirkland for her contribution to our very first podcast. I really appreciated what she had to say about attraction, specifically the way that while there are these economic or societal influences on our objective standard for beauty, we all really have our own idea of what we want, both physically and personality-wise. In the end, I think attraction is incredibly subjective which is the point I really wanted to get across today. That was the first episode of Dig Deeper, our new podcast that allows us to explore and try to explain some everyday abnormalities. Thanks so much for listening.